All right, come on in. I don't mean to interrupt anybody, but it's time to start. Come on in. Um, before we start class tonight, I just wanted to give anybody an opportunity for um, prayer request. Bless the psalm. And part of what happened, just I was told this just today by Edith, was he messed up his own machine. <laughs> and he hit the wrong button on his machine and cut off his own oxygen. So uh, that's part of what happened. But he also has bronchitis. So um, they're going to be battling that for a little while. But I'm not attacking that's, him. That's what she was like. I mean, to let him be in charge of anything visually. Yeah, she told me she's going to take her red nail polish and paint a button on the only button he's allowed to touch on the machine. So it's not pneumonia? I think it's not Pneumonia? Well, it might be because she was struggling with the word and I said bronchitis and she was like, yeah, bronchitis. What is that Something, mean? it's like at the bottom, like a, it's only new. <laughs> Spocalosis? Uh, what know. are we? I don't know what kind of. That come from Star Trek? <laughs> Spocalosis. <laughs> no, it, I mean, that's not it, but it was a term I've Somebody turned this on and was like, what am I watching? Spocalosis. All right, it's okay. I say things wrong all the time, no problem. Um, it's okay. <laughs> anybody else? We got, we got some follow-up with Lex, so anybody else? You don't want to share? Mike. Mike. What's going on with Mike? Or do you not want to? He's in the hospital and he's and intubated. They're going to try to take the tubes out either tomorrow or Friday. And I'm going down on Friday, hopefully. And he's, they're doing all that for work. I think he had a stroke and he's bleeding oh. from his head. And he's in relation to you as for everybody else? He's, yeah, he's your, which one in the lineup? He's the oldest. Oldest. First one. Doug? Yeah, our son-in-law's uh, mother has gotten much worse and she could be in the final stages of She's still in the hospital. She's still in the hospital, so. She's already on the prayer list, isn't she? Yeah, sure. Remind me of her name. Josie Marino. Josie, there you go. Yeah, it's gotten, she had her first treatment and it's just not been good for her. Yeah, she can't take it. I know it. There it is. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, I was doing Bible studies with my mom for about a month, and now that she got what she wanted from the Lord, now she's kind of stopped doing the Bible study. So 
hoping to continue that uh, and need help with that. Amen. Just be persistent, not pushy, but persistent. Yes, you might need some time to think, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're actually going to talk about that some tonight. All will happen on God's time. Remember that. I know there's urgency. It's your mom, but it will be persistent, not pushy. It will happen on God's time. I'm still working on people in my family, and it's been years and years. It's easy to get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. <clears throat> Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Then let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. We are, God, we are humble. We are um, low in spirit. Father, we are in devotion and trust in, in you. And Father, we know that everything is in your hands just as we discussed on Sunday night, that all of our lives are in your hands. Father, and we're just grateful to be in such loving, amazing hands. Father, but um, we, we have some on our prayer list that we, are, we have concerns for. And we're praying that that you heal them, that you, whether that's physically or spiritually, Father, that you're with them, that you work through them and work through those that are surrounding them. So, Father, first I want to pray for Mike Sands. Father, he's bleeding, bleeding in his, from his brain and... and potentially had a stroke, Lord, and, and we know that is scary and not any type of news that, um, that anybody wanted to hear. God, but we also know that even just recently, Bobby Securo had a stroke, and Lord, you've been healing him. So we're praying for that same recovery, that, that same healing with Mike and, and Father, we're praying that you can just be with the doctors that are around him right now, help them to make the right decisions to help him overcome his, his struggle. Father, we know this is in your will. It's, it's in your power to do it. And Father, we're just praying that you do that. Restore him to his full measure of life to his full health once again. Father, we also pray for Josie Marino. Father, it doesn't seem like the um, treatments, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like things are going the, 
in the direction that we've been praying that they go. <coughs> Father, so we're still going to pray that you um, do something amazing. We know you can. Father, but we're also going to pray that Well, regardless of the outcome that you keep her comfortable, that you um, surround the family with comfort and, and peace and trust in you through this process. Father, we also want to pray for Carl's mom. More just, just a little while ago, it it seemed like she was hungry for your word and Carl was getting an opportunity to study with his mom and I know how special that that is to to be able to study with family and how exciting it is to feel like um, you know progress is being made and how discouraging it can also be when it seems like all of a sudden the door's been shut Father, help him to be patient yet persistent. Help him not to be pushy, but to let, to let her see the love that he has for her. And that's why he has the desire to share God's word with her. Father, we just pray your blessings on that, that relationship and at this time as he tries to minister to his mother and and proclaim the gospel to her and help him to remain faithful during that time and not to get discouraged. Father, we continue to pray for um, Leah and her recovery, Lord. Every time we see her, it's an encouragement to see her. She just seems to be slowly but surely getting better every single day. And God, we're so grateful for her spirit and the, just the unbelievable change and focus in her life is such an encouragement to me and, and such an example to me. Father, I just pray that um, you continue to bless her recovery, continue to be with Michael as he uh, looks over her and takes on a, a, a large responsibility of raising the kids and, and just doing the day-to-day -day things. It's, it's tough when, when your spouse is sick and everything starts to fall on you. Father, we also want to pray for Mitzi. God, we've been encouraged with um, just the progress. It's, it seems like the treatments are starting to work and, and, and things are going in the right direction, Lord. And I just pray that they keep going in the right direction. God, just heal her, please, for us. Just heal her. She's also an a, a, a amazing encouragement in such a a blessing in the way that she carries herself despite the what seems like the, the the constant season of struggle with her health Lord she knows she's in your hands I've I've talked to her many times personally through all of this and we're just trusting you again to heal her and do something amazing because we know you can Father there's so many more on the prayer list, I, I, Father, you know all, the, all, the, all, the, everything that's going on.
God, we just put it in your hands. We trust you. God, we're also grateful that Lex is home and that he seems to be recovering and, and now we know he has issues going on with his lungs, so we're just going to, again, pray that you make him better and, and bring him back to us. We, we love him so much, and it was very evident as he struggled on Sunday how much love there was for him in this place. Now we're grateful for that love that we share amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, the family that you've given us here at North Brevard, Father. And I pray that you continue to grow our relationships as we get closer to each other and also close to you, closer to you. God, we're so grateful for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for your forgiveness. Father, for your patience and your persistence with each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I guess that meant I finished right on time. Barely beat the alarm. All right. So we're in Proverbs to live by. And honestly, I, I, I started this off thinking I wanted to just put in whatever I didn't think we needed to miss before we moved on. Um, and it kind of started to take its own, own path. So I did things a little bit differently tonight, whereas normally I would um, <clears throat> start with some quotes. I stayed away from those tonight. I did go out of Proverbs for the first time tonight. Um, and I, so I got a few scriptures up there I want us to see and really think about in the progression of the Proverbs. I did not go in order, so they're going to be all over the place. This is probably as um, ADD as you're going to see me um, this year. But I think you'll see that it comes together. Susan's saying, no way. No way. This is actually when you're focused. Um, <laughs> so let's start here because this is kind of an echo of what we were talking about um, on Sunday. Um, and really kind of had elements in both Sunday morning and Sunday night. Um, but I think this is some of the most important stuff that Solomon says in Proverbs, um, I started with right here. Uh, verse 25 of Proverbs 4 says this, Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. What do you hear in that proverb? What do you hear? I mean, this is not, would anybody say this is the first time they ever heard this? No, this is probably one of the, one of the more quoted scriptures in Proverbs. Um, the next one will be just as, just as prevalent. Um, but what do you hear? What stands out? Go ahead, Susan. Look, to think, and to do. Okay? I like that. Tell me your name again. Joe, right? Joe. If you're looking forward to God's promises to ponder the path of your feet, that your steps that you're taking in life are towards God and not away from God, 
at where you plant your feet is like the roots of salvation, then all your ways will be sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I like what you said right there, Joe, and one of the things that that I think really stands out is this idea that he keeps saying forward. So if you're looking forward, what are you not doing? Yeah, you're not looking back. He says, take your eyes and look directly forward. Look at what? Look at what's in front of you and look at your future, if you will, right? Take your gaze and make it straight in front of you. And then he says, ponder the path of your feet. When? The steps you've already taken? This is what you were kind of talking about, Joe, right? The steps you've already taken? No, because you're not looking back. You're not pondering the steps you already took. You're supposed to be pondering the steps before you take them. That's why your focus is in front of you. You know, I find that I spend, and this, maybe this is you, maybe this is not, but I find that I spend way too much time thinking about the things I can't change. And you know, I'll, I'll say this too, because I think it's important to say, you know, Satan loves to use those things against you. But they're already done. Time doesn't go backwards. It only goes forwards. So what's done is done. And I think sometimes we get stuck pondering. And I, I was actually talking to someone today who said they were, um, you know, really struggling in their, and their prayer life was really strong right now because they were struggling with as they've gotten older, their past and their regrets and the things they wish they could change. And I just think it's really important to see that right here at the beginning, they got us saying, look forward. Now again, I don't think it's wrong to consider what you've done and learn from your mistakes and learn from the things that you wish you could take back, your regrets, all that. I don't, that's not what I'm saying. But don't let what happened in the past stop you from who you're going to be today. Don't let it define you. Start thinking, if you're, if you're constantly thinking about the past, what are you not thinking about? Your future. Your present. And this is life. So how, if I ponder, how are my ways going to be sure? Because as long as I think about it, every step I take is going to be the right step. All right, let me ask you this before we move on to verse 27. Why does it say not to swerve right or left? What's the, what if the path veers right or left? What? You did not swerve. You did not swerve. The path doesn't swerve? Okay. So there, are you saying there's room on both sides? If you're walking in the middle, there might be rooms on both sides of the path. I'm playing here a little bit now. She's staying on the path. She's not letting me swerve her off the path. Yeah, where is the path going? Mom, what'd you say? 
Yes. It's the straight and narrow. It's the path of the straight and narrow. That's why it says don't go right and left. That path is straight and narrow. That's why God says fix your gaze directly. That's why Solomon says, excuse me, fix your gaze in front of you. That path that leads to righteousness, that path that leads to the narrow gate, it's straight in front of you. It's straight in front of you. All right. So again, go ahead. Well, Susan was talking today in ladies' Bible class about how Satan is the accuser. Oh, shout out to ladies' Bible class. Okay. <laughs> See how she's getting that in there? Well, the ones that don't come are missing it because it's really good. Okay. But anyway, anyway um, she was talking about how Satan is the accuser. And if we're focusing on our mistakes from mm. the past, then we're allowing Satan to accuse us to where we can't focus on the future and the path with God and where God wants us to be. Satan would love for us to just get all caught up in our our mistakes and stay there. Yeah, exactly. Them, you know, because he is the accuser. And um, so that's not where we want to be. We want to go forward. Yeah, so emotions are strong. And emotions connected to events, past especially, can bring you back to past places that you've already overcome and God's already forgiven you for. Go ahead, William. No, Jesus said, no man after putting his hand on the plow yeah. and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's true. Doug. It could be temptations that pulls it left or right. Um, it also could be extreme positions. Which a lot of people take what they think is going to get them a straight and narrow path. Extreme position one way or the other is the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually had, I had a professor in college use this example. It wasn't a professor in college. It was James Moore at a SunQuest board. But he used this example. And he talked about life and, and um, ministers specifically. And how some ministers, they just jump from one side to the other and all these different things in their life. And if they drove their car the way that they interpreted scriptures, you know, they would end up wrecking. And, um, and I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said all over the place with this scripture. Let's move on, though. Unless somebody else has anything else to add real quick. All right. How about this one? The backslider in his in, in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. The one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. So let me ask you this simple question. Do you believe everything that you hear? I hope not. In the world we live in today, you couldn't because there's too much that's completely polar opposite. You couldn't believe in everything you heard, could you? Um, yet again, I want to point out the prudent gives thought to his steps. The prudent gives thought to his steps. And then it says this afterwards. It says the wise are cautious and fools are reckless and careless. So ask yourself the question. This is what I came to in, in my own study. Ask yourself the question. Do you find yourself to be more cautious in your every, everyday life? Or are you in that place where you're feeling careless, maybe even reckless, more often in your life? If you find yourself weaving or feeling like you're weaving, you're probably feeling more like the bottom than the top. All right. Yet again, I want to point out, ponder your steps. 
ponder your steps. And then Proverbs 27 says this, as in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. That's, to me, one of the most powerful scriptures in all of Proverbs. Just like you can see yourself on a clear day as if it's just as good as a mirror. If you've ever been on a calm day out in the water on a clear day, not all, our water's not always as clear as, <laughs> not always a good analogy, um, especially when they accidentally dump stuff in the river, but I digress. Um, <laughs> I'm stirring it up, um, literally. Um, but you can see yourself. And it's clear. And the heart of man is the same as that reflection in the water. So ponder your steps. Um, you know, your choices and the way you choose to be, the way you choose to act, the way you choose to handle situations, the choices that you make every single day are writing who you are to everyone else. They are. Now, people can come up with the wrong interpretation. You can make a reason that, to say, you know, you, 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 you don't understand why I did this or that. Or, but the choices that you make every single day are dictating the way people are going to think about who you are. You can blame other people for the way they think about you. But at the end of the day, some of it has to do with the choices you make yourself. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Um, uh, in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways. You can either be committed with your whole heart to the ways of Christ, or you know you'll be filled with the fruit of evil ways. Mm -hmm. And a good man that puts his whole heart into being more Christ-like, we fill with the fruit of God's ways. Yeah. And then the next verse pretty much says that it's to me that that whole section there of this one and the next one is about being more Christ-like yeah. in Proverbs. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that once you get to... Well, actually, let's go there. If you reflect the ways of the water, then, and to me, in some scripture, water means spirit. So to reflect the ways of Christ is being more Christ-like. Okay, I see what you're saying there. So... <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. It, it's, it's, a, it's a busy night tonight. That's all. It's just a busy night. <laughs> yeah, she got... Uh-huh. I knew it was coming. Okay. So, let's get back. So, the first one I wanted to go out of Proverbs is I, I really want to, I want to stress this one more time because to me this is really what all Sunday was about is taking that time to really be with God taking that time even Jesus as a man yet God still needed to be with God he still needed to have that time where he thought about his next steps to where he pondered and 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 I know this isn't the the perfect analogy because you you wrestle with like um like how much every single day, and we're going to talk about this on Sunday, but like how much every single day did 
did Jesus know was going to happen before it happened? Right? He's God. How much did he have to think about what he was going to do next? Because he was God. And when you start comparing Jesus in the human way, there's always that because he was God argument that makes you almost feel like you can't put him in your position. But don't forget that he took time all through his ministry to get away and spend time with God. And think about, in my opinion, think about what's going on around him. Think about the steps that need to be done. Probably at times he needed encouragement. Probably at times he needed um, wisdom from the Father. Is that crazy to think? Um, so Haggai 1 says this. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. Now I, I, I want to say this too, because it's not really the same um, effect as, as kind of where we're going. Okay, because... At this point in time, you're in captivity. You're with Darius, where we're at with Daniel in Babylon. Okay, this is where you're at. And this is who he's talking to. You're actually the time's getting ready to come where restoration and, and, and going back home and rebuilding is getting ready to happen. And he wants them in this moment, in this downtime in their life, in this moment where they are no longer free in their own um, their own country, but now slaves to Babylon. He wants them to consider how they got there. And that's what he's talking about. Consider your ways. Consider your steps. Ponder your steps. It didn't just happen overnight. And any of us who know the Old Testament and the history of the Old Testament, even if you don't know it in full detail, which I'll be honest, I study it all the time. I still don't have it in full perfect line detail. But what you see over and over again is it didn't happen overnight. And there was lots of opportunity to come back and right the ship. And God actually never gives up on Israel. But at some point in time, he has to. Well, really fulfill his word. Because of who they had become. And that's what he says. Consider your ways. You have so much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You you drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. In other words, everything that you set out to do, it doesn't really happen the way it was supposed to. It never gets to that full place where you're satisfied. So consider your ways. And honestly, the second time he says consider your ways, he's going to talk about rebuilding and stuff like that. But I just wanted you to see it on both sides. Because this is the whole point of Haggai 1. Consider your ways. Consider how you got here. Okay. To me, that's where God works the most. That's why I'm stressing it. That's, I really think your Number one, most important part of your aspect of Christianity, number one aspect, whatever you want to say, however you want to say that, is your personal relationship with God. And if you look at it from that perspective, this is the number one way God is going to change you. He's not going to, this is the number one way he's, not, he's, he's going to change you is not coming to Wednesday night Bible class. It's not a sermon that one of us is going to do on a Sunday. That's not where it happens. 
I've said in the past that to me, the most powerful part of ministry is not the preaching. It's what happens in the one-on-ones. It's what happens maybe even sometimes in small groups, but more specifically, those one-on-one, those intimate moments where you're with somebody you can trust and you can really pour into them and they can talk to you about scriptures and, you, and they can pour back into you. Like that's where it happens. And if you don't have that in your life, it's harder to grow. But if you don't take time with God, And it's the thing I think that, you know, in the busyness of life, sometimes we forget to do. So to me, I just really want to say, consider your ways. If you're, if you're, if you're struggling with um, even some of the scriptures we read tonight, con- consider why. All right, this is where it kind of started taking a turn for me. Um, and it really became a, a message of, of reconciliation um, for the most part tonight. But Proverbs 10 says this, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. I want you to think about that. Verse 12, and think about that. It's wrapped in verse 11 and 13. If you read through Proverbs, you will see that um, sometimes you have whole chapters that are about the same thing. And then sometimes you'll just have like a two or three verse. And then every now and then there's just a verse that kind of stands out by itself. So that's kind of how it works. But this is definitely in context. 12 is in context with 11 and 13. It says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses on the lips of him who has understanding wisdom is found but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense love covers all offense how how all right all right let's play a game you ready all right Everybody have a child? Maybe not everybody, but most of us, right? All right. How much does your child have to do before you cut them off? Why are you looking at me like that, Gary? Ah. They are. But I mean, there's got to be a line. There's un- it's unconditional. Because this is your child. He's just your child. There's a love that comes with parent and child that can never be taken away. Because love covers all offenses. How many times did, well, maybe it's not fair to ask you this question. Okie dokie. Uh, <laughs> it's an open book. Um, <clears throat> You know, let's part. Let's make this part rhetorical. okay? Um, But how many times I'm thinking of my own self um, in this moment when I'm saying it and my parents are sitting over there. So I'll say it like this. (laughs) Um, But how many times 
Did your child do something that honestly disappointed you? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Three times and you're done. That's it, Pam. Three strikes, you're out. Three disappointments, it's over. Pam says that's her line. Three strikes, you're out. She's a baseball player. Well, I'm glad my parents didn't have that rule because I'd have been out way young. Man, I'd have been out there fishing. Fishing at five. My popples, anyway. Um, you know, there's just a reality of that. Now, there's other people in your life that you don't love the same way. Maybe they only got to offend you once and you're done. That's it. I don't want nothing to do with them. Don't act like that's not true. Don't act like that's not true. But love covers all offenses. And this is the thing. Name one person in your life right now that God's put in your life right now, regardless of any situation, Okay? Name one person in your life right now that God doesn't love enough to cover all offenses. Name one. All right. I love this scripture. If anyone returns to evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Well, I mean, everybody gets that, right? Why would you ever do evil with somebody that's doing you good? Well, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Then it says this, the beginning of strife is like letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. Now, what are you thinking? Give me imagery. A dam breaking. That is the perfect imagery, right? Usually it doesn't start with this huge explosion. It's usually like a little leak that goes unattended. But once it starts, it's already starting to work its way out in a way that's going to explode to a place where you can't control it unless you do what? Unless you patch it up. Unless you patch it up. That's, what this is exa that's exactly what this is saying. Look at it. The beginning of strife is like letting out water so quick before the quarrel breaks out. Patch it up before it gets out of control. You know, I was thinking about it like this, because this, have you ever been in, have you ever went on a boat through a lock? Like the locks out in Port Canaveral? Yep. You ever been through those locks? You ever seen somebody that tied their rope um, a little too short? You ever seen somebody in that situation? That's a scary situation. That's not a joke. That's scary. That's scary, because one minute you're sitting there, especially if you've never been through before, you're sitting there and it seems like the water's not even raising. Like, what is it? It must be going down out there. Or, or what is going on, right? And then the next thing you know, it starts going real fast. And if your rope is too short and you tied onto the wrong thing, the pressure on that rope becomes so tight, you can't untie it. If you would have untied it sooner, it would have been as easy as tying it. But once the pressure gets on, it's too tight. You can't work it out. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there too. Anybody want to add to that? Go ahead, Joe. Hey, where I see the word water in the Bible, I think of the Spirit. But the beginning of strife is like letting out water, like 
letting the Holy Spirit influence on me out and forgetting about it. And then the, the quarrel breaks out because you're distancing yourself from God. I mean, you got an interesting way of looking at things, but I think you're going to be surprised where we're going at the end of this. You, I'm telling you, you're, you're actually all over it. And if I don't get to my last scripture, I'm going to show it to you. But we're going to get there. All right, let's, let's go through some of these faster because this is, this is a part where they kind of all come together and kind of say similar things. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. Where there's no whisper, quarreling ceases. If there's no fire to pump the, the, I mean, if there's no wood to pump the fire, the fire will go out too. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. Listen, who's the whisperer? The whisperer is the one that's causing the quarreling. The words of the whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Man, they taste good going down. But what is a delicious morsel to you? When you think of delicious morsel, what do you think of? Is it deer jerky? Chocolate. I knew the girls were going to say chocolate. That's what Amy would say. That's what my whole family would say. Me, it's like mac and cheese. I'm going to be honest. That's a delicious morsel to me. Steak. Steak's not bad either. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> the fire goes out, and where there's no whisper, if Satan's not whispering in your ear, the quarrel uh, ceases. Okay. So if you let the water out, the Holy Spirit's influence on your life out, and yeah. you just forget about it, this is self of God, then you'll have Satan whispering in your ear. Hmm. You know, you're making all kinds of correlations I definitely didn't make, but I'm not saying any of them are wrong. Um, and I do like that. Anytime there's the absence of God, that void's going to be filled. That's why it says, resist the devil, he'll flee from you, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Go ahead, Susan. I think that's so true in life because it's just like somebody can tell you a lot of good things and somewhere in there they put a little seed that says, but... And that's what you dwell on. Mm. That's what goes into the inner parts. Mm. And that's what causes problems. Yeah. It's true. And, and that's what we're getting to, too, is those inner parts of the body. It's, this is something that in, it infects you. Exactly what you said. First part, first part, keep your way straight. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, like it's not just swerving and all of a sudden you're out of the darkness and the light. There's things that are affecting you. They're, it's changing you. Just like God is changing you from the inside out, sometimes you're bringing stuff from the outside in and letting it change you as well. The inner part of the body you talked about, think about the heart. Oh, 100%. 100%. In fact, we're getting there. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Isn't that how it should be? Shouldn't just be somebody's allowed to make an accusation and that's just the way it is and nobody gets to defend themselves, I digress. Verse 18, the lot puts an end to the quarrels. In other words, the facts, the evidence, the situation, what is really revealed through the process of one person saying something and one person defending themselves. That's, there, is a, um, there is a give and a take that has to happen to get to that place to find the truth. So un, un, unfortunately, sometimes these are uncomfortable situations, but there is a reality to it. If you want to squash something that's going on, get to the facts. But that means you also have to get to the facts with the person that something's going on with. 
And some of those facts are probably not going to go your way. They're probably not. I've never been in one conversation of reconciliation where I was completely in the right. In fact, if, I, if, if you can't, you're probably not in a place where you can reconcile if you can't find something wrong with what you did. A brother, listen to this part, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. A brother offended, a family member, another member of the church, um, someone that is extremely close. You get to that point, you let it fester, you let, it, you, let, you let the dam break, and they're unyielding. They can become unyielding. And then that quarreling just, is just bars on the castle. You just, it's just feeding the stronghold. That's right, go talk to them before what? Do you remember? Don't even let the sun go down on your anger, right? Don't even let the sun go down on your anger. Take care of it that day if possible. Now I understand too, some people need some time to, to ponder their steps. Nothing wrong with that. But don't let it just fester. It's like an open wound waiting to be infected. And then I love this one. I think I've already read this one in the past, but I, I, it, you, you gotta have this one in this conversation. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. It is glory to you in front of God. Think about that. That's what glory is. It's not, it's not we're not trying to be glorified here on earth. This is glory. This is something that God looks at in a way that's like, wow, he can overlook an offense. You ever thought about that? I mean, justice is justice, right? And God is just. Isn't that true? So if you do something and you deserve something back, would you be unjust to do that? But that's not what God says, right? If somebody punches you in the face, it would be just in self-defense to punch them back. That's not what God says. And that's not how God treated us. That's not who we are. It's actually to your glory if you can overcome when people have wronged you. When people have wronged you and you don't hold it against them. That's 100% accurate, Well, Vengeance is mine, save the Lord. Go ahead, Doug. I got a friend that's a Florida State fan. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do this to me. We only have 10 minutes left. <laughs> um, I'm trying my best in that scenario, but it's... I think I'm taking it better than others. Not better than everybody, though. Um, got me on that one. All right, so 2 Corinthians 5. This one's been on my heart for a while, as you guys know. And, and it's just, it's just, I, this is it. This is the gospel. This is, this is it. This is what makes you different than everybody else in the whole world. This is it. 
Right here. This is what made Jesus different than everybody. This is what makes Jesus different than every God. Okay? Which may, you, you understand what I'm saying? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. It's what made, <laughs> it is. It's the reality that he came to reconcile that which was lost. That which was an offense to him. It was an offense to him. We are, <laughs> in our sin, an offense to God. To the point to where God had to take his son and nail him to a cross to, to die for us. You don't think that's offensive? That's offensive. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You don't think that's offensive? God and his son had to be separated for the first time in all of existence because of our sin. That's offensive. We talk about it, and I've talked about it a bunch, but you know, sometimes we want to minimize sin because we all have it and we all struggle with it, and there's no doubt about that, but it is still, it's an offense to God that God is overlooking with you over and over and over and over. And you know, it's one thing to offend somebody one way, one time. It's a whole other thing when somebody's doing the same thing to you over and over and over and coming back to you and saying, I'm not going to do it again this time. I'm not going to do it again this time. And then they do it again. Right? That's offensive. That's harder to forgive. At some point, you're going to draw a line. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You are new. See that? You're new. When? The day you're baptized, you're new? Is that, a, that's, that should be a simple one, right? Yes. Yes. Aren't you new? You're reborn that day, right? You're new. Okay, what about the next day? Do you, when you, do you, can you remember when you were baptized? Did you go 24 hours without sinning? I think if there was ever a day where you might have, it might have been the day you were baptized. I mean, maybe, but, but probably not. If you consider your heart, if you consider everything you thought that day, if you could actually remember everything you thought that day, probably not. But what happens the next morning? Are you new? You, are you pure? But you sinned the day before. Right? Because his mercies are new every morning. You're new every morning. You're new every morning. What if we treated each other the way God treats us? Would it be easier to reconcile? It's easy to hold people's past against them. It's a lot easier To just walk away. But that's not who we are. And that's not who God is. All right. So let me finish this. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is our ministry. It's reconciliation. It's getting, it's getting moms to reconcile with God. It's getting us to reconcile with God, right? It's a personal level. It's, a, it's, a, it's an evangelistic level, but it's also all that in between. And I'm going to tell you, as good as all of you are, 
as good as all the people are I deal with all in the world. <laughs> Anytime you get groups together, things start to get a little messy from time to time. You know, a good leader is not somebody that never offended somebody. A good leader is somebody that knows when and how to reconcile. That's what people remember. If you get stuck in a place where you just walk away, that's what people remember too. Verse 19, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the whole world, every single person you know, to himself, not counting their trespasses against him and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's your ministry. That's your message. That's what God came to do. That's what God is still doing. And that's what we're supposed to do. All right, last couple right now. Um, Proverbs 3, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. There's a promise to you. Keep the commandments and your life will be at more peace. It'll have more life, more years because you're going to be wise and you're going to think about your steps and you're not going to make the same mistakes a lot of people are going to do. Verse three, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Steadfast love, steadfast love. Gary, what is steadfast love? What did you say before about your own child? Yeah, it's, it's constant it's never to the point to where I draw the line. Let your steadfast love and faithfulness forsake, not forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Just like Sue was saying. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Then it says you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. This is what makes us who we are. This is what makes us who we are. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And how will your path get straight? Yeah. You're not going to make your path straight. You can't do it on your own. Try to draw a straight line. Try to draw a straight line. No cheats, no rulers, none of that stuff. Try to draw a straight line. How long are you going to draw before it starts to get wiggly? It's not going to take long. You can't draw that straight line yourself. You can only do it with God. That's what the father is saying. Do it on his own. That's right. That's right. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm going to read it one more time because to me this is... This is it too. Lean not on your own understanding, man. It's your own understanding can lead you to. My own understanding can lead me to all kinds of wrong places. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge God in everything that you do. Even in your controversies, even in your struggles, even in those things that need to be reconciled. Ask him to help you with it, if that's what you need to do. And he will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And one last one says almost the same thing. Proverbs 16, verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. That's what God used for us. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. It's that fear of the Lord that brings you back every time. When a man's ways please the Lord, listen to this, when a man's ways 
please the Lord. He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteous than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his ways. But who establishes his steps? The Lord. Ponder them. Plan them. And God will establish them. Joe, this is where I think you'll see that me and you have been on the same page a lot more than you might have thought tonight. God will get you there. God will get you there. Even in the situations where, that you don't want to deal with, that you don't think you're strong enough for, the things that you don't think you can overcome, God will get you there. He never asked you to do this alone. You can't make your path straight. Which is why He sent us the helper. John 14, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance Bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Because he's going to write them where? He's going to write it on your hearts and he's going to write it on your mind. You can eat the good fruit and be satisfied in, in it. Or you can eat the bad fruit. And there's probably going to be some satisfaction in that. But it's going to start eating you from the inside out. Remember, we're here to reconcile. Just as God reconciled us. Love, compassion, grace, mercy, forgiveness. That's what it's all about. That's what he was all about. I've ran out of time. Thank you so much for coming to another Wednesday night. Doug, are we doing um, regular Wednesday night? Next week? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. I won't be here for that. You won't be here. We were talking about brown bags, but the elders would rather have like uh, public subs. Oh, pub subs when I'm not here? Yeah. It's because they're throwing a party because I'm not here. You guys see this? <laughs> so we're probably going to do some of these subs. All right. I'll send you a picture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the love, Carl. Feel the love. He said he'll send me a picture. All right. All right, so next week we're going to do um, some lists. There's two lists I want to look at in Proverbs. They'll take the whole class. And then we'll be done with Proverbs when I come back from vacation, okay? And we'll start something new. All right? Everybody good? I'll write them.